thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. Yeah. 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 Welcome to the Brewview Podcast, the show that critics are saying is uh, misunderstood geniuses who do everything with uh, intention in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You must be Mr. Brad. Even accident. Yeah. I am. I am. Uh, hi, Andrew. Hey, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's up? What's up? Nothing. Uh, good. Good holiday week off. Good. You know, we're good. have uh, put put a lot of drinking in, a lot of movies in, so lots yeah. to talk about this. Yeah, week. absolutely. And for maybe some new listeners, maybe that came over here from Span the Void, welcome. Mm-hmm. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. You made the About right time. move. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we only had to commandeer your feed to, to get yes. you over here. Hostile takeover. Oh, yeah. So, Anyways. Well, let's talk about it. Let's, uh, what yeah. are you drinking? Oh, well, straight from uh, STL Mo, I am having a coffee stout from Schlafly, the St. Louis Brewery. 
Um, so obviously you got the big dog up there, Anheuser Busch, yep. running things, the beer Illuminati, um, mm. and uh, you got this little, uh, little little brewery that could. I don't know if it's really a little brewery, but I know the um, the first time I went to St. Louis, I had some Schlafly, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is pretty good," and. Um, so my dad, who uh, has been traveling for work lately, remembered that I liked it. Uh, he was down here in New Orleans visiting, so he picked up some coffee stout from Schlafly, and uh, I got to say, it's a great stout. Got a nice coffee yeah. flavor at the front, nice uh, kind of a, kind of a, a sweet little malty finish at the back. Uh, Gave it a three seven five on Untapped. I am a big fan of this, and uh, I am excited to be drinking it tonight. I know you're not a coffee fan. Um, uh, I, I do like coffee stouts. Okay, all right. Well, that is good news. That's good to know. Yeah, um, it's a it's a weird uh, thing I have. I mean, yeah, see, yeah I don't. Yeah, I I think of coffee as like a a tool rather than a um yeah. I don't know, then a, uh, something enjoyable. It's something to keep me warm and, mm-hmm. and wake me up. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I understand that. That's how, that's how I treat it a lot of the time. Yeah. People are amazed that I don't drink coffee when I'm not at work. <laughs> I, I would imagine that you get enough of it. Well, I get, I mean, people always talk about how they get like caffeine headaches and they're like, oh, if I don't have coffee, like, cause you can become dependent on it. Or, oh yeah, yeah. Not, I heard it's really has good. Not for you, happened. Like the antioxidants in it is like really high. Like I guess like people who drink one cup or one cup are twelve percent less likely to get cancer or something. Hmm. I don't know. That's probably and just big like, coffee propaganda. Yeah, probably <laughs> big coffees in your ear. Big Folgers. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I've I've heard that it has benefits, uh, but you know it also when when you dilute it with a shitload of milk or yes. add a ton yeah. of sugar and pour all the yeah different uh, coffee creamers and all yeah. That yeah yeah a bunch of artificial sweeteners a little bit of vanilla some whole milk. <laughs> but yeah. that's not what you're Anyways, drinking. No, no, I'm having it's just. You know, straight up, nothing fancy. Uh, they, they, um, it's a beer that really accomplishes what it sets out to do. It's got a nice coffee flavor. It's not too overpowering. Um, and uh, it's just a good, like if I were in a colder climate, this would be, if I, I'll tell you this, if I had access to this on a regular basis, this would yeah. be one of my, my winter go-tos. Good. Cool. Um, speaking of your dad, cause he got it for you is mm-hmm. how, what's he like on the craft beer scene? Um, he actually really doesn't, uh, drink anymore. Oh, and, yeah, I uh, him. yeah, he was I'm trying to think of like what we always had growing up. Um, Guinness was about as adventurous as he got. Um, a lot of just well, l- lagers and light beers. Like he's he's not into it, or he wasn't into it. Um, 
So, yeah. Well, Guinness isn't bad. I mean, especially for, I mean, that was pretty exotic, you know, up until like 1995, you know? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or hell, probably even closer to 2000, I guess. I mean, I know in the bar I worked at, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we had four different kinds of beers. Mm-hmm. And that's if we didn't run out of Rolling Rock. Nice. I, yeah, see, I'm trying to think of like a can that I recognize being in the fridge all the time. Now, he he likes wine. I don't know if he still drinks wine, but he likes wine. Um, he doesn't really like, he never really saw him drink a lot of hard alcohol. Um, but like if you, if we went to the bar afterwards, he'd drink like, I don't know, probably Miller or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He's, he's much more, uh, he has a much more developed palate for cigars. Definitely not a craft beer connoisseur. It's one of those things I'd like to get into, but it just is a little too inconvenient. Cigars. Cigars are are a commitment (laughs) on a a lot of fronts. I enjoy it. But I don't know. Yeah, I I got one here, like, well, not recently, actually. Mm -hmm. Now it's closer to two months ago, and I've been just waiting. And I got a um, a bottle of scotch, Mm -hmm. uh, Johnny Walker Platinum. And I've been just waiting for wow. the right time to go out and sit and and smoke my, you know, twelve dollar mm-hmm. cigar and have a, a glass of uh, you know, scotch neat. Nice. And uh neat. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you're when you got good Yes, yes. When you got good good bourbon or good scotch, you always gotta go neat. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah, it really is a, a commitment on all fronts because you know you're you're gonna smell like it for the next couple of days. Um, yep. All the information's it. out there about how bad it is for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, you need a you need a little bit of time to either yourself to be around either yourself or some other people who can appreciate it. Um, yep. But it is fun. I I like it. Um, I just I'm one of those like I know the things that I like, but I couldn't tell you much else so. yeah i know one of the one of the i don't know if it's the coolest things i've done but one of the most probably upscale things i've ever done is we went to now this isn't upscale but we went to uh, me and my brother-in-law and a couple of other guys went up to see um a ufc fight up in montreal okay and um but that wasn't the upscale thing <laughs> uh we went to this uh we went to this great steak joint i mean it was like high-end steak i mean our bill with four guys was close to 700 dollars, and um and they had a cigar bar there which was like uh like a humidor and so like the whole the whole bar and everything and you could just smoke your cigar and i just i said i have no idea what i want or Mm -hmm. what i like or just give me something and i sat in there while they all went out to the strip clubs and i smoked (laughs) smoked a cigar nice Um, for about you know an hour and a half or whatever it took me to you know put it down so it was mm-hmm. it was it was and i was rubbing elbows with you know Big tycoons wigs. of industry oh, sure yes. yeah captains captains of industry <laughs> um yeah that sounds better than a strip club to me i'm not a, I'm not a strip club guy yeah strip clubs are sad 
Yeah. Yeah. Especially once you reach a certain, like, I understand the appeal when you're in the 18 to 21 and, and shortly after that. Yeah. But. I'm always thinking of their kids. <laughs> the the guys there or, or the strippers? No. <laughs> the stripper. The guys there, they're beyond help. I always think I can help the stripper. <laughs> this is for computer classes. Yes. I'm a nursing student. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rather, rather have a cigar. But enough about that. What are you drinking tonight? I am having something from a uh, local brewery around uh, near me. I've had mm-hmm. some of that before on the, on the show. Yeah. Uh, it's called, uh, it's from Center Square Brewing. And it is STB double IPA. There's no IBU or um, uh, ABV to speak of, but it's got a, I mean, this is a brewery that has its own distinct taste, whether it's the hops they're using or whatever they're, however they're, they're brewing it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know how I've said this many times that you can always tell a Sam Adams product because it always has that, that Sam Adams taste for me or, right. Uh, different other breweries, you know, depending, I don't know what, you know, maybe it's the malts, maybe it's the hops, whatever mm-hmm. it is they use. The water. The water. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but this is a really good IPA or double. Um, it's really thick and heavy. Um, it's not one of those light, you know, oh, I didn't, didn't even realize I was, you know, having a, you know, eight or 9% thing. This is actually, I mean, this is something you can chew on. Uh, so it's, it's a good, good double. Um, I'd recommend it. I gave it 4.2 or 4.5, probably more uh, because I am closely associated with the people that are doing it. Uh, So I want to give them a, a, uh, something to stand on, but it's kind of neat too. And this was brought to me at Thanksgiving uh, by my, my, uh, my cousin-in-law. He's like, I knew you were going to be here and I brought you a growler of it and, and so I'm having at it. Yeah, like so that. good beer. Yeah, it's in uh, New Oxford, Pennsylvania, um, right on Route 30, close to York, Pennsylvania. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, Matty K. Yeah. Might be able to swing down that way. Not, not a bad idea, Matt, if you're listening. But, uh, yeah. It's um it's a cool place to go to. They got a nice little bar at the bottom, uh, um, underneath the like the main restaurant, mm-hmm. and that's where they they have their brewery set up. It's a real small setup, but they uh, they're like all into it. And I don't know if I talked about this. I went to a tasting there a couple months ago, two months ago, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. Um, I, I'm not big on the pairing thing. Like I like some people are all into it, and it, you yeah. know they'll. Um, but if you get a good cook and, you know, the brewer, they can match up and they can, they can, you know, it, it's neat to see how things interact. Mm-hmm. I just recently here, I went to a, um, uh, a, we, Brooke and I went out to eat or, and we ended up hitting a, a whiskey or was it a bourbon, a bourbon pairing with chips chips so different types of chips yes and that's it interesting odd oddly like like you're the way the um um i don't know it 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 it, it worked uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So like whatever they were serving and, and they, they paired well, I suppose. So I don't know. It's a neat little thing. Nice. But anyway, that is cool. Yeah. I, I don't know how that stuff works. I know when people hand it to me, I say, sure, but I'm not going to be yeah. able to put something like that together, even a little bit. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, um, didn't really do a whole lot of like, uh, experimenting over the holiday, uh, over Thanksgiving, as far as, uh, beers go, mm-hmm. just pretty much stay with the standard except for this double. So, um, yeah, I need to, uh, uh, there's a, there's a beer from Trogues that's coming out. It has come out here probably two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, called M- Mad Elf. Yeah. And okay. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a big old thick beer. Um, that uh, a lot of people will age them for a year or so, um, and we'll have them, you know, from and try to keep them from year to year and stuff. It's it's I I'm not sure if it's a, like a it's a if it's considered a Belgian or not, um, mm-hmm. but it, like a Belgian triple or something like that. But it's you know it's up there like eleven eleven or twelve percent, but it's always a, a favorite of mine, and it's always it's always a little bit different each year, which is cool. Nice, so. yeah, that's. I like that. Oh, man, awesome. Um, so. I feel like maybe from you, but I, I've definitely heard of that before, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but we are on Untapped, so you can see all the things we're drinking, and mm-hmm. you can have fun with us on Untapped. Uh, we've got uh, Brant. He he chimed in with an old Wiley's IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, from uh, Rivertown Brewing in uh, Master's Head, which may, we may talk about here in a second. Uh, looks like he had some dogfish head out out in uh, out in the PNW. I saw. Yeah, Very Oak Age Vanilla Worldwide Stout. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Tyler, our our one of our listeners, had a uh, Wolf Pup Session IPA, mm. which he gave a or 3.5 and Devin gave uh, that uh, a age oaked or oak aged vanilla uh, 4.25 which is nice so. mm-hmm. but yeah jump on there hang out with us for a little bit tell us yeah, what you're drinking yeah, have some fun yeah. Ooh, looks like uh, Brennan is he still is he still down in your area no he is not oh, he okay. was just down here uh, but he yeah. has since Retired back to the uh, French Quarter condominiums in Fort Walton Beach. Okay, that's that's what kind of screwed me up there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's having, funny. Yeah, uh, but he's having uh, something from Dogfish Head as well, and in brown oak or brown dark IPA. So yes, he uh, graciously brought me some uh, some one twenty minute and uh, a small selection of other Dogfish Head beers that i was able to enjoy um despite it being very late at night and maybe not the best idea i enjoyed them yeah, yeah i enjoyed them as long, as long as you get to your front or your front gate right yeah as long as i cross that threshold and just black out uh <laughs> now i definitely woke up on the couch once again nice just gotta just Ooh. gotta make it through the door yeah Yes, um, Miss uh, Neil Orange Peel had a uh, a hop ellipse now. Oh, okay. Kind of ties in with our uh, our views, and uh, it's a cool little um, it's a cool label 
on it too. So nice. Check that out. He had that uh, two days ago. Depends on you know what time zone you're in and all that good stuff. But anywho. So yeah, we're uh, Broomview Pod at on Untapped and toast us, follow us, let us know that you're listening and drinking. Yes, please do, please, please, please do. Um, I'm trying to look up this uh, beer, which is why. I've, oh, that is a cool label. I'm a fan. All right. Uh, yeah, please do. And uh, I. Um, right now, I'm, I'm drinking a uh, beer from St. Louis, but in the very near future, I'm going to have a lot of uh, PNW beers to review. Yeah. Uh, over a month's worth of shows, which is very, very exciting. I, uh, I really can't uh, overstate how much I appreciate uh, Master Zed. He even said his name right, so what does that tell you? Yeah. Um, yeah, very cool of him. So I'm really looking forward to it. Got some some uh, good sounding beers from some interesting places, and uh, I th- I don't think I'm gonna drink it on the show just because I usually work the next morning. But I am super psyched about this. Oh, there's no video feed, so I'm not gonna hold up to my yeah. camera. Um, I'm super Here psyched about this homebrew that he sent Ooh. me. Um, yes, but it is a big. Uh, I think he said it's a 30-ounce bottle, so probably going to save that for when I don't have to work the next day, and that would yeah. be tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yes. hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I really can't um, say it enough. So so appreciative of it, and uh, we appreciate everybody who listens and especially the people who are contributing to the show. It's It definitely makes it worthwhile, for sure. You bet. But um, we've covered the brews. I think it's time to get into yep. uh, a couple, couple two tree views. Sure. So um, you and I have some overlap here. The the uh, the first half. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, you brought up last week. You watched, uh, or I signed you raw, mm-hmm. and that was something I wanted to watch with you, but I didn't get a chance to. So, but now I have. You talked a little bit mm-hmm. about it last week, and you were you were pretty impressed with it, and you enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Speaking and, um, of uh, Master Zed, he he chimed in and he gave it a oh, watch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I give it. A, I'm not going to go through like all the specifics of it. Uh, it's a French film, mm-hmm. uh, French or you know subtitled. Um, uh, I think you said it was really well structured. Is one of the things I think that stuck out in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I I would really agree with you. Um, I don't think there was any wasted frame in this this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I, everything led to the next thing. Everything was um, there. Maybe a little bit of a couple gratuitous things, but yeah. nothing that was like everything built on the next thing. Uh, which um, it was. I mean, it was well crafted. I would, I think, would be the best way to put it. Yeah, from from my point of view. Yeah, everything seemed to be done with deliberate intention. So, yeah, which might be redundant. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, there was there was intent behind behind every everything they did to heighten and build this story up. So cool. Yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed it. There's some um, yeah, like you said, it was 
Hmm, definitely something I'm not going to be watching. You okay? Yeah. Okay. Are you? Um, wait, is my video feed on? I don't. No, I just heard you cough. Oh I, damn it! I, I thought I was turning down the. I thought I was turning down my mic. My bad. That's alright. I've been sick um, for like two weeks. It's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty well, maybe sweet. Maybe need some. Maybe need some red meat. Oh yeah, that might be it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> there <laughs> are some. Not during this discussion. <laughs> Uh, there is one scene in particular, and I think it's the same one you were speaking of, and I, um, it, it had to do with her sister. Yeah. Uh, um, and some grooming. Yeah, I thought that okay. was an incredible, um, it subverts your expectations. You think that one thing is going to happen, and... Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, well, now that you said that, I, I guess I, that never really crossed my mind that was going to happen. With the waxing... Um, well, right. Well, maybe I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, but when it gets stuck, I thought something very yes. different was going to happen, and and it was. Yes. It actually made me squeamish, which is a rare feat. Well, what ends up happening actually made me like not crawl out of my seat, like um, just but just from the awkwardness of it, and mm-hmm. like I was laughing out loud how 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 awkward the final um shot of that scene was i was like it was i found it like hilarious mm-hmm. i uh, <laughs> um <laughs> it, it it was really effective and this whole like this um the actors in this are great mm-hmm. um the story is just odd and weird but never faults falters for one minute like i would love to go to this school like love to. It looks like it was a blast. You know what I mean? Whenever I was in college, yeah. Like I think I had fun in college, but they had a, a lot of fun. They did. So, they did some good hazing. Yes. So uh, definitely a good watch. It's streaming on uh, Netflix right now. Um, mm-hmm. I recommend it highly. I gave it an eight. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. Right there with you. It is. It is. There are some graphic moments in it, and. Uh, I think the director was trying to titillate you, like titillate the watcher, mm-hmm. certain scenes, and trying to, um, uh, with like some of the like brief nudity and just yeah. some of the um, open sexuality and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, like. Uh, like slap your hand as, start, as soon as you started to feel yeah. some kind of ooh, yes. you know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. As soon as you're starting to feel a little, uh... yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it's it, it, it never it, it, like it. It never crossed into that like exploitation line, right? Um, but it, yeah, it just just slightly titillating is a great word for it. Yeah. And then, and then it like as soon as it you you got reprimanded, mm-hmm. and it it was kind of like you were going through it, the hazing process with them. So, mm-hmm. uh, very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, good. I'm glad um, we we lined up right right on uh, on point there. I gave it an eight as well. It's actually gotten more. Um, it's not gotten many. Almost twenty eight thousand um, user reviews on IMDb, but um, more than I thought. 
Yeah. Well, being on Netflix helps a lot. You definitely. Know, definitely. For a small indie film like that. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it's definitely. Uh, yeah, I hope more people see it because it's a cool. It's it's just a well made movie, and like, unfortunately, those kinds of movies are few and far between. I, I think um, we kind of always circle back to it follows. It follows is such a good, like, just well crafted horror movie. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully this finds an audience because I think that people do appreciate these movies in a genre that's kind of pretty consistently written off. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, from there, we, uh, you know, speaking of listeners, Fredo was kind enough to um, grant us access to uh, a little movie called Atomic Blonde. Yeah. And that was uh, from this year, starring Charlize <laughs> Theron and uh, James uh, McAvoy, who, uh, I don't know, every, <laughs> every time I see him, I'm like, I'm more and more like, yes, this guy needs to do more stuff. Right, right, yeah. Like, I, my first exposure to him was X-Men. Same. You know, there's a few, or, you know, first class. Yeah. I'm like, he's like milk toast. He's nothing. There's nothing there. You know, like what, you know, the the fun one there was Fastbender. You yes, know? absolutely. Uh, but now seeing him in, uh, well, seeing him in what, Filth? Filth. And then... Split, Split, and now Atomic Blonde. A um, couple of really good roles for him. Like, yeah. really sinking his teeth into... Um, yeah, he gets to do more than rather than just occupy... Just kind of, you know, occupy a space that's already been, been filled by... Pretty well by Patrick Stewart. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, Kind of tough thing to ask of someone. But anyways... Um, he's great. Charlize Theron also pretty, pretty badass in this movie. Yes. What's cool about this is, um, so the director of this is pretty much, he's like, uh, the stunt, like a stunt coordinator, stunt, mm-hmm. um, second unit kind of guy. Yeah. David um, Leach. And this, yes. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, no. Um, and this is, I think, I mean, this is his first big, his first big um definitely his first big uh opportunity i guess um but it takes place like in uh right as the berlin wall is falling mm-hmm. uh, we get the backdrop of you know uh it takes place in berlin it's um uh, it's it's uh, well the, the the set design and stuff was pretty sweet too i mean you felt like it was uh bleak mm-hmm. uh you know muted colors um just it felt like uh, Soviet block, uh, Soviet block country or, or Soviet uh, block occupied territory. Yes, yeah, just bleak and drab and kind of crumbling. <clears throat> which and it's kind of like, yeah. Go ahead. Which it, I, I was going to say, which is kind of a uh, metaphor for the actual Soviet Union in yeah, at that time yeah, for sure. For sure, Leaking, um, crumbling. And, and it's a—I mean, it's just—it's kind of like a spy action thing. It's like a yeah, a really rough around the end, edges, you know. Uh, Jane Bond, yeah, you know, it's um, yeah. That's definitely one of the things I um, 
I definitely kind of uh, made a mental note of. It does feel like it's kind of James Bond is starting to occupy more of the space that um, the Bourne trilogy kind of laid down and following a little bit of more serious tone, a little less campy. This was a lot more... Um, they didn't treat it like it was a joke, but uh, I mean, it, it was, you know, everything was neon and it was all new wave music and uh, oh, yes. it, it was definitely a, a injecting a lot more fun into the um, spy genre. Not that the James Bond movies aren't fun, but they're they're a little different now than they were um, pre Daniel Craig, for sure. Right. So, yeah. And this, and they were like just embracing the eighties, mm-hmm. like mid eighties. Mm-hmm. I mean, the soundtrack in this is just like it's almost it was almost at points a little bit too <laughs> overbearing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I forget because the... like I don't know why I just think of like the pop music of the eighties and like hair metal, and I fucking hate that. But like, I really do like a lot of new wave music. It's pretty sweet, and I mean, it is a precursor to. Um. I feel like a lot of a lot of um well definitely like pretty hate machine which I guess came out in 89 anyways but there's right. there's definitely like remnants of of bands that I or uh influences of bands that I like later on um for in, sure in a lot of that new wave music so and they they remixed a lot of or they did a lot of the like they didn't take the original. I did a lot of the original songs, but they also mm-hmm. remixed a lot of the stuff and, you know, yeah. had a different slant on it, you know, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, it, it was, it's a very stylistic movie. I mean, from Definitely. the music to the, to the fights, you know, to um, the hair and the makeup the, and all that stuff. Um, like you said, the neon, it was, mm-hmm. they were, it was, it was definitely like where, where raw was very subtle in it's text. Like the uh, the way it was uh, dishing out information, this was full on gratuity. Uh, you know, would be it like the nudity and like sex scenes and yeah. the violence and yeah. everything. It was just all it was there on display. There was no, it didn't. Well, you know, for lack of a better term, and pardon the pun and all that good stuff, uh, it didn't pull any punches. Right. <laughs> um, I did uh, want to. I, we don't really do this a lot, um, really ever, but I, I actually, after watching this, I was watching the credits and I, I took a picture because I feel like, um, obviously we don't reach a lot of people, but I feel like it, it's worth um, mentioning. Uh, the fight choreography team um, was composed right. of uh, Sam Hargrave, Daniel Hargrave, Monique Ganderton, John Valera, and Greg Remter. Reminter. Um, I didn't look up those names, but I I just wanted to give them their props because they put together a pretty exciting movie. Yeah, for sure. um, I think that is all the the other stuff going on. The the um, the acting and all that is is awesome. But it the movie doesn't work without that. They had just excellent fight choreography. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one scene in particular that I, I asked if uh, mm-hmm. you had seen it yet. Um, there was a right, I don't, I don't know if I want to spoil it, but there's a 10 minute 
long cut or yeah. long take. Uh, what, there's obviously like there's there's cheats in it, but it's mm-hmm. all made to feel fluid and to be have like one take. Yeah, um, which was it was pretty remarkable. I thought. Oh, it was um, excellent. It starts about I think it was started around right right around the one ten. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, about an and, hour and, and ten minutes to, in. And it goes to the one twenty one mark or something. Yeah. Like that. So it's like a ten or eleven minute, like long take, and I don't ever remember seeing any. I'm sure I have, but like this really stuck out because like two minutes in, I'm thinking they're still, oh yeah, they're still, they're still going in. It it really stuck out, and I was like, how? Well, I was looking for the the cheats and stuff, but you know, of course, you have to have your stunt, your stunt people come in Mm -hmm. in in some of it, but like uh, the way it was, it was so fluid, and I thought it was really well. It was it was a unique look at it, I guess. Yeah. it was pretty, pretty, pretty well done. No, it was really. I'm, I'm in agreement. Very cool. So, I like. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like stuff like that. And then, kind of, I went back and and watched it again. And um, yeah, same deal. You're just kind of looking for cheats, but I definitely was um, trying to figure out because uh, what is his name? Um, he was in uh, his oh, Eddie, Eddie, also, Marsden. Eddie Marsden. Like yeah. I, I was just trying to figure out like, Oh, do you know where, where is he at during this? Do, do these walls roll away? I was just kind of trying to think of it and I have no experience as a stunt coordinator or anything like that. But I'm right. just wondering like, Oh, what, you know, maybe they're doing this or, you know, maybe someone's here or it, it was just very, um, it's fun. It was one of those things that just, it's, um, I don't know when it, when it was fun, it was fun. And, yeah. uh, it, it, you, you pointed it out to me, but, um, I, I do think that had you, uh, if you hadn't said anything, it's, it's one of those things, even if we didn't mention it, you would pick up on it pretty quickly. Um, cause it is, yep. it's very visceral and very, um, yeah, just well executed. Yeah, it's 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 a well crafted, well crafted for a different reason. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's this is all this is more visual and less subtext. Mm-hmm. You know, is is and this is a good, I guess, a good pairing between Raw and this. I mean, it's yeah. just uh, you know, it's just the different types of films that you can watch and and get stuff out of, and that's why movies are great. That yeah. like you get this such a. Uh, 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 a diversion between these two two movies, and they're both really enjoyable, and you get totally different other, different things out of them. Yeah. Um. So, I uh, I gave this an eight. Just I just had fun watching it. Mm-hmm. I really did. Uh, I gave it a seven. I'm, but same thing. I I had fun watching it. Definitely one of those that um. I would recommend like when, when it, if it shows up on, on a streaming service, I, you know, I'd be surprised if one of us didn't, uh, pick that up and throw that out as our, uh, our streamer recommendation of the week. So, yeah, this is one of those rewatchable movies too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just because it's, uh, like I, I felt like, um, it wasn't as probably not as unique as like hardcore Henry, Mm -hmm. but, um, as far as like the, you know, the, um, 
the way it was shot, but it was it was still like it was a stunt. It felt like somebody directing as a stunt coordinator. You know, mm-hmm. it was like here's what we can do. Is everybody in? <laughs> yes, let's do this. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think it it'd be a great um, TV movie too because yeah. you can just pop yeah, in sure. anywhere and it feels a little bit like Kingsman kind of. Mm. I've not seen Kingsman still. That's pretty sweet. There, there's some good action stuff in there too. I uh, heard. I heard. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll be able to catch that soon. There's a couple of of um, that and uh, what was the Keanu Reeves one? Oh, John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to that too. Yeah. yeah. Very similar. Jeff, definitely. Um, they're on they're on my watch list, but I, I just they're two that have eluded me so far. So. Almost it's almost becoming like a genre. It's like with, with how the action movie mm-hmm. has evolved, you know, from you know like Chuck Norris and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger to you know, um, uh, different you know not just shoot them up and yeah you know it's all it feels a little bit more real. Of course, it's still absurd, but mm-hmm. uh, it, they're kind of like in their own little uh, genre now. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of, um, I feel like, it's people, I feel like it's people who love the genre too, who, yeah. who, who are advancing it. And, you know, Oh the, yeah, for sure. That's just kind of, that's just kind of how it works. Like, um, you know, the, uh, the, the comic book genre was not really, um, do it, it wasn't really doing well until they started bringing in people who have this appreciation for the source material who, who and, and so, and the chops to do it. Yeah. You know, chops and, and the appreciation. And I think you, you're finding these directors now who, who definitely have the, the stunt coordination chops and the appreciation of, of these, this genre of movies to start making kind of a new um, blueprint for that. So, Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yep. Check it out when it comes out, if you can, uh, Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give my, I give credit to uh, Charlize Theron for taking this on. Cause like, yeah, she definitely um, didn't need to. No. And like, good on you for doing it. Like mm-hmm. I, I could see that they'd probably might, it would might lend itself to be a, uh, you know, a, uh, a, uh, a, a franchise, I doubt it, but, mm-hmm. um, and I know this is, I mean, speaking of comic book, I mean, this is based on a, uh, comic book series or, or people like to say graphic novel, but you know, all graphic novels, they were once individual comics, everybody. Yeah. And if they weren't, they're just, they're a book of comics. Just deal yes. with that. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the, the term graphic novel. I feel like it's a little bit um, like, oh, we're better than. Yeah. It's not I, I don't read comic books. Yes, you do. And that's okay. Yeah. Why is that an issue? <clears throat> Here's a tissue. <laughs> Anyways. Boy, I tell you what, we're going to get the bends from different uh, styles here. Because yeah, we're, we're... in the next movie. I mean, talk about some like... Cr- just totally different movies from mm-hmm. one to the next. We're covering a lot of bases tonight. Yeah. So uh, we we also watched a, again courtesy of Fredo a movie called Wind River from this year. Um, and it was 
written and directed uh, by our our old friend Taylor Sheridan, who uh, last year wrote Hell or High Water, and uh, two years ago wrote Sicario, and which I I still find it very weird. He played uh, Deputy Hale on uh, Sons of Anarchy, so. Mm. <laughs> Guys, guys, doing a he's he's doing a lot. He's, he's doing the most, as they say. Um, yes. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. That um, that last beer. Yeah. It tasted like another one. Ooh. God, that's such a good noise. <laughs> okay. So yeah, uh, Wind River. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was jacked up for this movie because I, I mean, I, I mean, me more than you for sure with Sicario. I would yeah. love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. And we both just love, fell in love with Hell or High Water. Yeah, absolutely. And then this, and this is his directorial debut. Um, and like the, um, you could tell it was a film written by him because of the, just the, it, it, it depends so much on the interaction between the characters, right? Yeah. And that's what all his movies are. It's like, uh, you know, um, for me anyways, there's, I mean, there's an overriding plot, but it's also like the, you know, all, I mean, for the, at least for Sicario and for um, Hell or High Water, the, the relationships were so real. I think yeah. that's what really set them off for me is it just, it felt very authentic. Absolutely. Um, and this one is more of that. Um, I don't. I don't know that the relationships are quite the same because everyone is kind of introduced and thrust together mm-hmm. through one. You know, through a, through a, a specific event. Yeah. Um, these these people don't. None of these people. Not none. But a lot of these people don't have history together. Whereas when right. you look at um, Sicario or definitely Hell or High Water, there's a lot of history that you get to kind of um, the backstory gets filled in through dialogue um, right. without being expository. Just, you know, you have the um, the sheriff and, and his deputy or, well, mostly the, the sheriff, you know, tra- trading barbs and stuff like that. And then... Uh, in uh, Hell or High Water and the brothers, obviously. Um, so, yeah, this is just a bunch of people thrust into the same circumstance. Right. So, so basically what happens is a murder mm-hmm. on, a, um, on an Indian reservation and uh, a guy that is a, a tracker for, like, their uh, fish and game, I guess, or mm-hmm. wildlife conservation or whatever, um, finds the body and is kind of pulled into a situation where uh he's 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 kind of he needs to help out law enforcement whether it's the local the local reservation uh mm-hmm. police department or the FBI that comes in eventually um i felt that this script was a little not not nearly as tight as like hell or high water or sicario yeah i think there was it was um I think there was a lot of stuff jammed in here because there was like a lot of like reveals and backstory that 
like for hell or high water, you really didn't need to know everything. Right. Uh, it you just knew there was something before. There's something going on now, and they're trying to do something in the future. And here, it it really relied on um, who the characters were, and like it it really kind of it didn't bog down because I, I did like this movie. It just yeah. it didn't it didn't feel as um, just didn't feel as uh, as well paced. I guess would yeah. would you agree with that? Yeah, I. I definitely agree, um, especially the climax seems it it kind of plotted along for a little bit. And the climax almost seems um, it, it was really it seems forced, I thought kind of tacked on from from like a different movie. Yeah, it really felt forced. It was like, yeah, there was no reference to whatever was going to happen, like how it happened. It was like. They're just following the leads, following the leads, following yeah. the leads, and all of a sudden, bang! It's everything's over. I'm like, yeah, oh, it didn't build. Okay. It didn't build to that, to that right. climax. It just, uh, it just all of a sudden was. And but um, the climax itself was mm-hmm. pretty good. Oh yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, it just, absolutely. It didn't fit. You know what I mean? It just didn't quite fit with the rest of the tone. Yeah, it was entertaining to watch, but it just, to me, it lacked the. Um, it lacked the big picture that the thing that I love about hell or high water is that it's such a close personal, it's a very personal story, but it's, it has this kind of real world, like applicable, bigger picture to it with the, um, and, and it doesn't cram it down your throat. It's definitely a lot of subtext, but you know, you, you talk about, um, the scene in the diner where the guys are giving the statement like, you know, they've been, how long have you been here? Like long enough to see that bank get robbed, that bank that's been robbing me for 40 years. It's just kind of the, um, I feel like it, it had a hell or high water had a lot more subtext that was more to do with the, um, the climate of America today. And this, I mean, this was pretty straightforward and uh, I don't know. It just, it didn't have a lot to say, I feel like. And I think that this is a good movie being judged in the shadow of a much better movie. Which yes. We, which yeah. We, it, it really suffers from that. I yeah. Think. Which sucks because it, it, on its own merit, it's a solid movie. Yes, for sure. Um, it felt, it kind of, and like, I don't know how much he's directed before. I mean, I don't know, no big, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean. It, I'm looking it up, so you can just keep. Um, yeah, I mean, it It felt kind of like a, uh, a f- not a first-time director, because it, it was, it, it has some great shots. Um, it just, it felt like the script, like, in the middle of, like, in the hands of maybe a, a more seasoned director, it mm-hmm. would have. It, he, they would have done some script script doctoring a little bit and kind yeah. of um, played around and made it a little bit more fluid and more um, and maybe paced out because like the the climax of the movie is like there's still 20 minutes or so left in the movie yeah you know which is a weird thing um, in itself um, but. Mm-hmm. And like Renner was really good, mm-hmm. um, 
I didn't, there was nothing really for, uh, uh, one of what the Olsen, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen yeah. she was kind of just there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're, when you're talking about some of the subtext and stuff of, um, like hell or high water, there was, I think he had a story to tell here with the, the way that we, you know, how the, uh, the native Americans are living right now. Um, I think yeah. that that's something he really wanted to portray. Yeah. Um, you know, be it with the, you know, the guys, you know, in the trailer, mm-hmm. um, or, or, you know, the, the, the people trying to get along or the sheriff of the, of the, um, uh, of the reservation, yeah. uh, played by uh, Graham Greene, who everyone know from like everything, you know, Dances with Wolves, uh, yeah. Maverick. I liked him. Um, he was good. Yeah. He was really good. I mean, he's a great actor. Um, but I think it, that, that was like, so like, okay. So Ty- Taylor Sheridan, he writes this. He wrote writes Sicario and wants to tell a little bit about how what is actually going on on the border. Okay, yeah. you know, like how these drugs are coming. Out. And then in Hell High Water, he wants to tell about okay the financial crisis and how most of us are out of it. But there's like a lot of people in the flyover states that aren't out of it. You know, mm-hmm. and like the financial burdens that are on them. And this, I think, is like. It is the the plight of the Native Americans, or like who, you know, anytime everyone speaks of Indians, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, what a proud, proud people, and you know, no one ever has anything bad, but the way we're treating, have treated them, and yeah. are still treating them, is like, it, it's not good. And I think he wanted to shine a little bit of a light on that, mm-hmm. um, and I th- think it, it was effective, but. Um, it just—I don't know. It's—it's it's hard to hold it up against Hell or High Water. Yeah. I mean, because this isn't going to get nominated for an Oscar, and I think Hell or High Water was either—I don't know if it was one or two for mine last year as far as best movie. Yeah. Uh, I know it was either one or two for you yes. last year. Probably one, I think. So. I think so. Um, you know, and of course that's the the definitive list. Yeah, uh, but exactly. you know, I I I don't think this is going to fall uh, anywhere near that high. Uh, but I'm I I it is definitely a worthwhile watch. Yeah. Um, and it's it's it, like I, I mean we're gonna we're beating a dead horse I guess, but um, you know it's it's it just kind of pales in comparison. Yeah. So yeah, I gave it a seven. I guess it's yeah, a, I gave it a seven as well. It's a decent movie. It's it's definitely um, something I would recommend, and it's something that um, I'm glad I watched. But it just it's suffers unfairly or not. I, I think it's kind of unfair to, but it just it's in the shadow of a movie that I liked so much more. So right, it's tough. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Fredo. Yes. Yes, yes, y'all. To the beach, y'all. Well, this is about where we uh, diverge here. But before we do that, do you want to uh, throw out some some assignments and recommendations? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, boom. Okay, for you, I mm-hmm. want you to watch mm-hmm. a, another musical doc. Uh, we've been... Yes, yes, pretty, y'all. Pretty consistently. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no um... Complaints. On Amazon Prime right now is uh, a music doc called Mud Honey, I'm Now. Um, and yeah, it's based yeah. on the alt, what would you call them, alt? alt yeah, kind alt, of proto-grunge. Yeah, proto-grunge, yeah. Because they, yeah, it was, 
it's pretty much yeah they are the well we'll see yeah <laughs> but i'm sure that we'll have some good conversation because we're both uh big fans of the the genre mm-hmm. absolutely awesome um and that is amazon prime uh so for you um you brought this to my attention, so and I'm just gonna I'm gonna send it right back at you. Uh, from 1992, Russell Crowe in an Australian movie called Romper Stomper. Yeah, I think this is maybe one of his first movies. So it looks um, like I'd it. be interested. Yeah, I'm interested to see it. And uh, yeah, a couple off off the beaten path movies. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's on Amazon too, is right? Yes, it you is. Said. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I've got, going hard on Amazon tonight, I've got a recommendation streaming. Uh, if you don't feel like, uh, if you want to wait for our reviews, um, in the meantime, we, we can endorse these two movies. Uh, 2005, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is streaming on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That Robert Downey is... Jr., Val Kilmer, and uh, directed by Shane Black. Yes, uh, frenetic, and it kind of goes along a little bit with Atomic Blonde, I would say, Mm -hmm. Uh, with a dose of crank, maybe? Maybe. Well, not not a dose of crank the movie, but like crank the drug. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, definitely then. (laughs) I was like, "Mm -hmm." I've never seen crank or crank. Uh, Crank's pretty good. That's pretty fun. Uh, I don't know about high voltage, but the first one wasn't wasn't bad. I'm a big Jason Statham fan. Handsome Rob. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah, <clears throat> Turkish. Turkish, yeah. Uh, for me, I'm gonna uh, go back to one of well, probably the. I don't know if it's the least liked, but it's the the one that no one really talks about of Tarantino's yeah. films is uh, is Jackie Brown streaming on Netflix right now. Um, a uh, huge ensemble cast, yeah, um, and just uh, uh, twists and turns that you don't really know. But it's it's a it's a fun watch, and the yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's I I love Tarantino for taking actors like little known actors and putting them or 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 movie or actors that um, time has kind of forgot mm-hmm. and and kind of putting a little. Uh, spice back in their career, and this movie does it with a couple people. Well, uh, 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 Pam Greer and and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, crap, 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 crap. Um, uh, give me one second. I can't remember his name. Uh, which I think was oh uh, Robert Frost, Robert Forrester. Mm. Not um, no. Um, yeah, not Robert Frost, um, but he this he was one of my favorite people in this movie. So yeah, and also Michael Keaton mm-hmm. as well. And this he is at a point in time where he was missing Michael in Keaton, action. Yes, he was in Jackie Brown. Sure. Um, yeah, it is weird because it's one like you said, people don't really talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but they're always really quick to mention um, Natural Born Killers and. Uh, what's the other one that he didn't direct? Um, 
the yeah with Val Kilmer or not Val Kilmer but uh, Christian Slater yeah yeah Gary Oldman eggplant scene true uh, romance true romance yes. yeah they're all always 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 remember to mention those but yes. never Jackie Brown so weird yep he's, um, he's actually I think it's a good he's, movie. He's, yeah, he he, he kind of is a victim of his own success, I think. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's uh, he really came out firing with. I love uh, Reservoir Dogs, and then Pulp Fiction is obviously uh, Pulp Fiction. So, yeah. So there you go. But cool. Well, enjoy those movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just to to run it back down, uh, we're going to be reviewing "I'm Now: The Story of Mud Honey." On Amazon Prime and Romper Stomper, also on Amazon Prime. Uh, Jackie Brown from 1997 is on Netflix, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from 2005 is on Amazon Prime. So, lot to digest there. Yeah. Yes. So, well, before we go too much further, mm-hmm. shall we take a little break? Couldn't hurt. Yeah. BRB. Okay, so uh, when you and I were last talking, uh, probably two weeks ago this time, um, I mentioned a documentary called S is for Stanley. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, you went ahead and uh, took it to another level. I did. Let's hear about that. I had... uh... At the, at the, when you said that, I, I had bought the book to read. It, uh, the book is called um, uh, Stanley and Me. Uh, damn it. Of course, I'm not ready for it. Uh, <laughs> Stanley and Me, uh, 30 years, uh, 30 years uh, at Stanley Kubrick's side. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's uh, based on... Uh, um, Emilio, his name is Emilio uh, De, Del Delisandro. Hopefully, I didn't butcher too bad. Um, and it was—it's basically uh, Stanley Kubrick's driver, but so much more. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So before I even go into this, like when you think of the name Stanley Kubrick, what mm-hmm. what are what are the things that you think of? Um. I, I think of uh, 2001, The Shining. Um, well, be, like besides the movies. Besides like, what, the like movies, what? I think of uh, the the conspiracies. Um, right. Him being killed by the world elites for uh, making Illuminati. eyes wide shut. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Anheuser Busch uh, killed him. <laughs> uh, yes. The the moon landing is. Um, probably the first thing i think of um right but like kind of shrouded in mystery yeah um, i mean i i genius loner maybe like he just seemed like a guy who was like too smart for his own good okay so what what did what okay so so the the book is stanley and me Mm -hmm. and in the 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 documentary is called s is for stanley Yes, and it the, both of them are based on this driver slash assistant to Stanley Kubrick, mm-hmm. and this guy was a, like a um, he was a, like a low level uh, 
race car driver. It's called For- Formula Ford. Um, like it's like the lower levels in in European race European European racing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for over here it would be like dirt track racing or or uh, you know uh, sprint car or uh, stock car or uh, modified car. You know, it's like yeah. um, that kind of thing. So. Um, and basically, he by chance, <laughs> the way he met Stanley Kubrick, and this isn't given too much away because it like is the first part of the movie, first part of the book, is that he it was like on a like a really bad night in London, and uh, as far as weather goes, and he was driving a taxi. This Emilio uh, D'Alessandro was driving a, a taxi, and he got a call from Hawk Films, which is Stanley Kubrick's uh, uh, production company, and he was to. D- deliver a package from one place to the other mm-hmm. well the package was if ever if anyone's ever seen uh clockwork orange there's a very big uh like sculpted phallus probably a six foot long penis yeah okay and this is what he had to deliver so mm-hmm. that's how he got to meet and he was discreet <laughs> and he was all that all that stuff and and that's how he he got into uh stanley kubrick's uh, uh, inner circle, and and what this movie, this isn't what it was. What I first hoped was that this book and this movie were, um, and I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, the movie itself isn't very good. Um, the book is, I mean, the book, the movie itself is is okay, and it kind of stands on its own, like mm-hmm. it can stand on its own. But the book is so much more in depth, and uh, it, you get really get a feel uh, for. Um, for Emilio and for Stanley Kubrick, like their act, you really feel, uh, you get to know them, um, and their relationship because what I was expecting, what I was hoping for when I first started reading was that we would get behind the scenes of like all, you know, all the dirt and all like what was going on, you know, and shining and, and, you know, full metal jacket and all that stuff. And because he came right, he came right on the heels of a clockwork orange and then was the whole way through, um, uh, um, 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 oh, I've heard the name a million times. Oh, the, the, uh, the period piece he did. Why can't I remember it? Um, oh, anyways, oh. everyone knows it. Um, and then after that was Clockwork Orange. Then, um, or I'm sorry, after that was The Shining. And then, um, and then we get uh, Full Metal Jacket and then we get Eyes Wide Shut. So, like within, you know, from 1970 to to, to the year 2000, I mean, there's only four films really that Stanley Kubrick did, mm-hmm. um, and but he's he, he's with him through that whole time. And what instead of getting like the, the dirt and stuff behind the scenes, you actually get like it's the relationship between Kubrick and D'Alessandro. Okay. And you 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 get to know what Stanley Kubrick is and who he was through the eyes of of Del Sandro because he didn't he didn't he didn't revere him as like a genius filmmaker he revered him as a friend and like like someone that he like literally loved he was uh, uh I mean he was like he was. <laughs> Kubrick was so demanding of him um, just to get through because not through because he was like this um, taskmaster, um, you know, this this, uh, you know, loner, like you said, loner genius. Mm-hmm. He was more of a 
he was um it, it, like an idiot savant he was he was obsessed with his cats and dogs and his family and like um he was like couldn't really even he couldn't even drive himself sometimes mm-hmm. um he was he was inept he was he was like he was so in, obsessed not in consumed with making these movies um that like his he just he let the small stuff to this well quote unquote the smaller people mm-hmm. and and but you get you like I had a, a preconceived notion of Stanley Kubrick as this like person I really didn't like because I like from I love I love The Shining I love Full Metal Jacket mm-hmm. other than that I could give her Barry Lyndon was the other one sorry okay um uh. All his other movies that I've seen, I've seen 2001 Space Odyssey, um, I've seen uh, Clockwork Orange, I uh, haven't seen Barry Lyndon, and I've seen I've seen Eyes Wide Shut. I, oh, I've seen um, uh, Doctor Strangelove. So only two of his movies I actually enjoy. So I'm not like, and I love, but I love those two movies, Shining and, and Full Mouth Jacket. I love them, mm-hmm. and I like I had this preconceived notion of him being like this um abrasive like demanding uh is what is it usurbic or acerbic is that a word that's a word right that's you know what i mean um like um like someone is just really hard to work for and he was all those things but he was also very loving very kind like his inner circle changed very very infrequently um Mm -hmm. and like he the people that were in there like were in there forever and like he was always trying to keep like the public out you know because and i don't know how he would have done it in today's world but like he had a real trouble with like the internet and stuff like people like just getting too close and all that stuff so um it really it's not about the movies in this book in this in this uh in this movie in you know, S is for Stanley movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about their relationship and like the friendship and like, um, like the love that you can have for another person, you know, a pl- platonic love. Yeah. Um, and just through mutual respect and, uh, admiration at both ways. Um, and it was, it was, the book was very, it w- it was slow to start, but very, uh, very good to end. Um, and uh, I would recommend it. Um, there were, he did he did reveal some stuff like like so like towards the end of his life, Kubrick like all he wore was all of the extra like um, uh, fatigue jackets mm-hmm. that from from the set of um, uh, a full metal full jacket. Metal. Yeah. That's all. He, and and so and like uh, you know the um, the 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 huge table that was in uh, The Shining. Mm-hmm. He had it in his office, and all it was like the cats just like lived on the table and scratched the table all up and stuff. Like he had no real, um, and, and he had no real like. Uh, it's just a, it, he was an odd duck, but like human. He wasn't this like mythical yeah. uh, uh, god that like you know this mythical person that like everyone kind of is reverent, but like you know still shrouded in in mystery. He was, he was just, uh, an awkward dude who loved to make movies and like, yeah. was, he, he was like, he always wanted to know how you like the movie and all that stuff. And it was just, it was interesting to see that aspect of him. And it kind of gave him a, a human 
Um, it was it was kind of nice to see. I I really like that a yeah. lot. Yeah, humanizes him so, for sure. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I I can't. If you really are interested in uh, the the movie itself, uh, S is for Stanley, mm-hmm. and the S is. And that is just how he signed off all his letters and stuff to Emilio. And he kept this Emilio kept everything. He like he lives in uh, now he lives in Italy back. He went back home to Italy and uh, like the filmmaker is kind of going through all the stuff in his house. And like he has all this like memorabilia, like all this cool stuff from all the films <laughs> that he was a part of. Um, just awesome. a, a neat. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Um, what uh, what was the book called again? Uh, Stanley and Me. Stanley and Me. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Because that seems... I know it's blasphemous to say on a movie podcast. That seems a little more worthwhile. It actually does. <laughs> it is. I, I, I really I really enjoyed it a lot, a lot more. Because uh, it's just more in-depth. And, yeah. you know, a little bit more... And it's not like an adaptation for a film or anything like that. The filmmaker just went a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and sometimes it's hard to um, – his uh, Italian accent kind of com- comes through, and he's an older gentleman. So his um, – like when he's telling these stories, it, it doesn't come through quite as well as it does on the page. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. see that being a thing. All right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Um. So I, I figured we'll probably uh, both be able to weigh on, in on this one. I recently rewatched The Watchmen. Yeah, I I had done the same thing about probably four or five weeks ago. Oh really? So, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah I'm okay, interested good. to see uh, see what you uh, how you re remember it. Yeah, so this is definitely the first time I watched it since 2009. I'm not sure if it's the second or third time I've seen this movie. Um, it is, uh, is this Zach? I mean, this is definitely, I would say his, his magnum opus, but is yes. this his, uh, no, cause 300 was before this, right? Yes, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is adapted from the inadaptable Alan yes, Moore. the movie that could not be made. Graphic novel. Um, yeah, so it's from the DC comic book Watchmen. Okay, okay. Before you go, yes, Alan Moore mm-hmm. is what I thought Stanley Kubrick was. Oh, okay, perfect. But now I uh, now I realize that Stanley Kubrick is just a just a nerdy nebbish guy. Mm-hmm. Alan Moore, all signs still point to douche. Yes. Uh, yeah. So. The Watchmen, um, if you don't know, it's uh, it's kind of an alternative history movie. Um, it takes place in 1985, and uh, it has a great, um, we were kind of talking about this with uh, Master Zed, uh, a great opening montage. Yes. Great opening Tells credits montage. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, based on the DC comic, uh, it is a... Two hour and 42 minute slugfest uh, directed by Zack Snyder. And uh, it has a lot of the the classic Snyderisms you'd expect, like sudden slow-mo, um, which a lot of times drives me nuts, but it definitely works in this movie more than 
some of his other movies. And uh, it just, it is so strange, I think, maybe because I'm looking at it through the scope now of, like, what Zack Snyder's become. It is just so dialogue heavy. Oh, yeah. For uh, it's a two hour and 42 minute of uh, tons of talking, tons of dialogue or or monologue, <laughs> voiceovers. It just, um, it was a tough watch to get through. I think, um, I, I just kind of settled upon it uh, one afternoon, and uh, I think it took me three different sittings to get through. Hmm. Um, but it's just as good as I remember. Um, I gave it an eight however many years ago, and I'm sticking with that. I think it's definitely a uh, an enjoyable movie. Um, it's a bit of a challenging watch, but I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, especially um, when you look at it in the context of like it's supposed to be this uh, alternate 1985, and and I think they do a great job of creating these these stakes. Um, and it just I don't know it doesn't feel like there's superheroes or there's there's costumed heroes, but it just never really feels like a comic book movie the way that the Spider-Mans and the Iron Mans feel like comic book movies. This feels like almost a clash of context between the actual like conflicts of the movie and the super, I don't know. I don't know. There's something about it that just, it feels bigger than. Well, here's, here's what's, well, here's what's different is that like all the superhero movies we're watching right now are Mm -hmm. an amalgamation of all the things that people loved and remember. And they, you know, they take different stories and um, different, you know, plot lines and stuff through the different, you know, uh, years and years and years and of uh, just stories and, you know, Mm -hmm. different uh, adaptations and all that stuff. This, what this is, is, um, uh, I can't remember. I think it's an eight ep- eight issue episode, eight issue run, mm-hmm. um, in DC Comics in 1985 by Al Moore, and it is a straight story that was never, you know, there was nothing before it, and there was there was a, there was a run after it, and uh, uh, it's called Before Watchmen, which kind of. Uh, anyways, it's not really. I I am going to send that to you so you can read it. Um, but the uh, what this is is. A direct adaptation of that so like there's no there's not a whole lot of room for um nuance and like how to like how okay this is this is the batman i'm you know i'm, I'm gonna lean more on the um uh the 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 80s batman as far as the comics go or mm-hmm. you know more of the you know you know you get away from the chromium age and or you know whatever this is a straight up adaptation it's a it's a you know it's a yeah it's an adaptation of a book or a novel you know um and you know, you know, Alan Moore. Like, I don't. Have you read The, the Watchmen? Yes. The okay. The, this movie is so much better than the actual comics. Yeah, I think in my it's opinion. it's kind of um, 
I don't know. It's cliche to hold it up to this unreasonable standard. Like, yeah. like it, it's just, um, it's it, one of those like knee jerk reactions of like, Oh, the, the watchman is the greatest uh, graphic novel ever made. It's not good. It is. It is good. Um, the, the giant squids are stupid. I'm glad they uh, forego those in the movie. Eliminated. Yes. Yeah. But what, what, in, 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 but he was like trying to tackle like big, heavy subjects and all that yeah. stuff. And yeah. He, it's a positive thing to be like, can't be made. It, it could be, and it was done better than you did, Alan Moore. I mean, he took your story and 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 put it on the and visualized it better. Like, yeah, this. I mean, this is a top ten movie of mine. I love this movie a lot. I mean, this is a ten out of. Uh, uh, Hold on, I'm I'm losing you a little up. bit here, Mister Brad. No, I'm here. Okay, here. I hear you, I hear you. I'm I think here. we just... Okay. Something in the void. Okay, so this is yes. a... Yeah, you said this something. is a top ten movie for you. Yes. So, like, like all the characters are defined. It's mm-hmm. like, there's no question of what, who is who, and what's what. Uh, mm-hmm. It's stylistic, and it's like... And, yes, he was... And, like, the stuff you've seen in, in this movie, you see it today, but yeah. it was... Kind of, I mean, you saw a little bit in 300. I think 300 was in 2006. Yeah. So you see some aspects of, but like that, you know, the slow, the slow mo, mm-hmm. whatever. But like, and it is a long movie. And if you're not invested, then you're not invested. But this, yeah. for me, I was always invested. And this, this made me love The Watchmen, even though whenever I read The Watchmen, I was, it felt like homework. Um, this, this, this examined it in like, you could tell he did this with care, love, yeah. and like, it, like he he treated it as a like as Zack Snyder um, tried to and uh, make this as good as he could, and he really did a good job. What I'm afraid of is that is that what he's done so with you know the Batman, mm-hmm. uh, v Superman, and Man of Steel and all that stuff that he's getting so much pressure from. There, there's so many hands and we've talked about this ad, yeah. ad nauseum, but like there's so many, there's so many influences that he isn't able to do. Like he gets a lot of shit for what he, what he's done. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, I don't, because I know what he can do with three. Like I really enjoyed 300. I don't know. I don't know how you, uh, how you not a fan. Okay. Well, um, I mean, it's still, it was still kind of revolutionary and it, it that as well was adapted from, you know, a one-off series from Frank Miller, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, it was done. Um, he did justice to it as far as the uh, source material. Right. Mm-hmm. And he did the same thing here. I, and I think what's happening with him with like the, the, the DC universe is that there's so much pressure on DC to pull out, you know, to make the Marvel universe yeah. that, that he, there's just so much money involved in, in, you know, I mean, these are billion-dollar films that they're 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 trying to make. Yeah, and I think that it, it's they don't want to leave it up to one man. And now he's at the point where he can't, you know. And of course, he's had like, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, family tragedies and stuff yeah. as well. So like, I, I think he's 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 kind of buried under this. Um, 
he's buried under this uh, uh, all this pressure, and I I know what he can do, and and mm-hmm. Watchmen is the the thing I know he can do, and I I'll always I'll always appreciate him for yeah for uh, taking that on yeah no I I do think there's a lot to be said for that I mean the expectations we even see it with like it's it's a juggling act and a lot of um a lot of uh cooks spoiling the stew possibly but also that you know this could be the one movie he had in him some some people really you know they hit a home run and then yeah so so i mean if you know if you're gonna make one movie Watchmen's a good good you know a good one to go out um i wish it was streaming somewhere because i do think that it's um especially with uh zack snyder becoming so closely associated with um just his name kind of being dragged through the mud for the whole um dc everything that's happening with dc right now um right it'd be nice if there was something where people could go and watch and yeah you you know like you said not everybody's gonna like it um like i said it's it is it's it it's a slugfest of a movie like it it just it it can be a tough watch but um it'd be nice if it was more accessible because he obviously is capable of doing something great and he does it here. So, yep. Mm. Good. Now you watched another movie that I am very curious about. And I actually almost, uh, took the plunge, I think yesterday, but I ended up watching oh, really? something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't so, know much about this. So yeah. Uh, a movie that kind of came and went this year. Um, I think it was like a midsummer release. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it comes at night, um, and it's a it's a horror mystery type thing. And what this movie is like, uh, two movies that I or we both reviewed on this on the on the show, mm-hmm. um, Zeus for Zachary, um, and Into the Forest. And I don't know if you remember Into the Forest, but it, yeah, not the um, the one with um, with you know, uh, Juno. Juno, it. yes, yeah. So it's like an amalgamation of those two movies. Okay, nice. it's a po- post-apocalyptic, um, but like, <laughs> okay, so like I think this is a way. This is starting to become a genre in and of itself as well. Um, you know, a way to get uh, uh, you know kind of big actors to get into these post-apocalyptic, oh, like the road, mm-hmm. um, you know, to get them into these big movies is to make it uh, very character heavy centric, you know, not so much what happened, but how the people are reacting to it, you know? Um, but this stars Joel Edgerton. Uh, he's the big name in it. Um, uh, uh, Riley K. Keo, Keo. Uh, she was just recently in uh, Logan Lucky. Mm. Uh, as well and mad max she was one of the the maidens nice um, uh but <clears throat> so anyways this movie is uh joel edgerton is like has this family in the woods something really bad has happened and it's um and he has to interact with people that you don't know if they're good or bad and it is a it's a pretty good watch man um 
like I I liked both uh, Zeus for Zachary and, and Into the Forest. I mm-hmm. think this is just a, is maybe a little bit better than those. Nice. Um, but I it's hard to say, man. It like because it is slow. It's plotting and it, it's 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 tense in places, but I. I can't recommend it for everyone. I think you'd like it. I have a new respect for Joel Edgerton because I, I mean, he's been, I mean, what did we see him in? Um, uh, oh, uh, The Gift. Uh, yeah. re, you know, as far as stuff we've seen, you know, and talked about on the show. Um, I mean, he's a warrior, which he was fine in that. Um, but this one is, uh, it kind of shows his chops. Now he's, 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 he's playing a kind of, it's caricature-ish at times, but um, it's not bad. It's just it's one of those slow burns that I'm just warning everyone now. It's there's not going to be like this huge payoff where everything is revealed. It's it's in you know this is like an artsy zombie film, but not without the zombie. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic type thing. Um, if if you can have that type of thing. Uh, and if you've seen Z Z for Zachariah or into the forest, you, you kind of, it's that, it's that same feel to it. Nice. Um, to me, what I, what I got from, and it's maybe just the way the trailer is cut. It looks like a, um, almost like a, a Shyamalan movie. Um, no, it's not like that. That's probably how the trailer's cut then. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's trying to create some kind of. I mean, there are some creepy, weird things in it, but it's nothing to the. It's nothing that's like you're not just guessing the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're, it's more of a suspenseful type movie. Nice. Okay. 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 And uh, unfortunately, that's another one that uh, is not readily available right now. Ooh. But um, in lieu of watching that, I've been watching the Netflix series The Punisher lately. Uh, and have you gotten into that at all yet? Uh, no, it's okay. it's I've just been too been busy. too wrapped up in the movies. Yeah, fair enough. Uh. So um, let me take a look here because I think I'm at about, yeah, I'm on episode nine. So I've watched eight episodes of 13 and it's been fantastic so far. Um, It's uh, unfortunately, I think after... I watched the the first two seasons of Daredevil and Jessica Jones um, in that order. And then Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and the Defenders all got progressively worse, I felt. Um, And this is just kind of a breath of fresh air. Um, It doesn't feel like it's setting up for anything instead of a superhero coming to terms with their powers. It's... uh, uh, vigilante on a mission um, I feel like it's it does a great job of um, pulling from like we talked about instead of pulling from one singular story it does a great job from 
pulling from the mythos and um, giving you a mature look at um, a, a mature turn in the comic book genre. Uh, I think it it has a really good handle on, I think, um, on uh, portraying PTSD. And okay, uh, well, that yeah, I'd be really interested in that. Yeah, I think that it's um. Man, I I think it might be, and it depends on how how the story holds up for another five episodes. But so far, I think it's right up there with the first season of Daredevil as far as the cool. the Netflix shows. Um, That's cool because I like I know I I love the first uh, first season of Daredevil. Yeah, and for some. Well, probably this show um, <laughs> is the reason I haven't watched the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did watch Jessica Jones, though, because that yeah. came out, I think, between the two seasons. And I, I did, yeah. actually, I, I really liked that. I thought that yeah. was, I, I thought it was well made. Um, and I, I know they introduced the Punisher. Was it? They introduced the Punisher in season two of Daredevil. It, probably in the first episode, I think, because I think I did watch the first Pretty quickly, episode. Yeah. Okay, so I did see him a little bit, and um, so let me ask you this, because like I'm a big fan of the Thomas Jane Punisher. Like, oh, the first really? One. Me too. Yeah. Oh man, okay, there's cool. so few of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thomas Jane is one of the biggest fans. Yeah. Yeah, he loved playing that character, which yeah, it, which he is still cool. wants to keep playing. It. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't talk about how great he was as it. He just seemed like he had a lot of fun doing it. So, so I yes. think that's cool. Instead of being like, yeah, I don't know. No, he like he he's he's all in it for the fan. He's a fan of it and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it because like at that point I hadn't read a Punisher uh, comic, and oh. like I wasn't I hadn't done any of the Marvel dark stuff, um, and it. Uh, yeah, it was. I really liked it because it was. I mean, it, and it hit me right in that sweet spot. When did it come out? Like ninety five or something, somewhere around there, maybe. Thomas Jane. Late nineties. I think. Yeah. Early two thousands. Oh really? Okay. Well, even then, it's, Roy it's Schneider still. Schneider was in it too. Two thousand four. Oh really? Yeah, April sixteenth, two thousand four, yeah. USA release. Weird. I felt like it was like two thousand. So. I was gonna say time flies, but no, it's the opposite, right? Time's really slow. Yeah, I think. Really slow. I think time is a constant, and we're all we're all crazy. <laughs> yes. Time is a s- square circle. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so uh, like, okay, so you would like since we both like that movie, and mm-hmm. like if, if if that's our starting point, where would you? How would that like hold up to this? Um, I was actually telling OT this today. Um, we were talking about it because she's watched all the Marvel series with me and she's her opinions have lined up pretty closely with me. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I was saying like, I, I was like, Tom Jane will always be the Punisher, even though John Bernthal's better. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So it's just like, that was my um, introduction to the character. Cause I, I had read a lot of, um, was it Archie comics used to publish uh, a Sonic the Hedgehog comic. Okay. So I had read a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog and a lot of X-Men and a lot of Spider-Man. And then like 
in you know late 90s early 2000s i had kind of stopped reading comic books so i had seen so thomas jane was my introduction to the punisher before i had ever read any punisher comics or anything like that so he'll he'll always have that kind of special place in my heart because i do i really like that movie i think it's a cool i was talking about it today i mean it it's not a uh blockbuster spectacle but like it's got good characters it's got um you know some some good comedic relief with the neighbors um and it's got a lot of really great practical effects yes so uh, you know it'll always have kind of a kind of a special place in in my in my heart and uh thomas jane being my introduction to that character definitely um to hold him in high regard as that but i i think john bernthal does a great job and they focus a lot more they they go the anti-hero route a lot more like the punisher in the movie he never really felt he felt like more of an outcast than an anti-hero and just a more of a vigilante yeah yeah but like he never charles bronson yeah but he, he it never felt like he had this like dark past right um, yeah, everything was good until mm-hmm. like yeah. his family was killed. Yeah, yeah. This definitely delves a lot deeper into that, and and uh, his uh, John Bernthal's Frank Castle has a past, and and uh, it's a huge factor in in the storyline. Um, but yeah, so far I'm really happy with how it turned out. Um, cool. Yeah, and I think, uh, man, I'm glad you like The Punisher because <laughs> I I love that movie. But yeah, yeah. But um, people who who have been watching the uh, the shows don't don't need to be reminded of it. But people who maybe don't love comic book movies or shows, um, this one might be worth giving giving a try because there's a little more uh, gravity to it and a lot less. Um, superhero fantasy so cool yeah very good any uh anything else on on the docket um I, that's pretty much all i've got for for you yeah i mean it was um it was a good like i i had nothing really to complain about this week it was all it was all good I was, yeah i watched a lot of good stuff yeah it's like anything below a seven for me yeah 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 nice. um it it was um, well. I, I gave S's for Stanley a six, but I, the book I'd probably give a an eight or a nine. Um, yeah, it was about the journey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, and I'd rather uh, I, I I'd rather talk about good movies and hopefully I. Hmm. That's the other thing I want to know too, maybe from the listeners is is like, would you rather have us do more like the streaming stuff? Like we're going to watch what we're going to watch and we're going right. to talk about what we watch and stuff. But like, as far as the reviews and stuff like that, I'd like to hear back from, and what they want. Like if they, uh, like the stuff like uh wind river and uh, atomic blonde, like stuff that isn't out right now, if that's something that is a, like a kind of a service for you, as far as like what you want. Um, if, if that's good for, being able to seek out if if you're going to take our advice, like, would you rather us do that or something that's streaming, I guess. Um, and let us know what you, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So. Um, if you want to uh, reach out to us, which obviously we want you guys to, so if you take yeah. it upon yourself to follow through with that, uh, you can reach us on at BroomviewPod on Twitter. If you have a little more to say, um, BroomviewPod at gmail.com. Um, we get uh, a couple guys emailing us on the reg, and we thoroughly appreciate it. Um, you could add your name to that list if you want. And yes. uh, the com is our website that we host this show. And uh, I do a show called Matt and Andrew vs. Society, also on the yes. And Mr. And, Brad. and parenthetically, parenthetically, mm-hmm. you've, mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have been you guys have been hitting hitting home runs here the last couple of weeks. So it's, oh, it's thank been, you. Uh, yes. Yeah, we're good, in uh, good a, combo. It's always awkward because I feel like I know when we're connecting. And I know, yes. and I know that it can only last about three episodes at a time. So, well, no, I think I think that um, well, you know, uh, I think whenever you guys have a lot of stuff going on, like as far as mm-hmm. moving and stuff, that you get preoccupied and you don't, you're not taking uh, taking stock in the absurdities of of day to day life, mm-hmm. uh, which you know, um, and. Um, uh, uh, Matt's, uh, dating life is, is, is always fun and mm-hmm. your interactions, of course, with the, uh, uh, the folks the that people. you interact with. Yes. The, the people peeps. that I constantly have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I have just always been approached by strangers and I'm finally yeah. like OT is finally seeing it more yeah. and more. And, uh, someone, I think you it was Matt. Gift. He was like, Hey, that's. That's the South. I'm like, this has been happening to me for years and years. Uh, man. Anyways, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and, yeah. and you, you are on uh, spanthevoid.com. Yes. And I would like to say that we have been kind of <laughs> hitting our stride here recently because of, of certain and, reasons. You and the boys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we yeah. actually had a really fun episode. I think it was two weeks ago because uh, last week we we released uh, the Brew and View episode. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the week before we did uh, an episode called What's Kicking Chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, check that out. It's about my interactions with my new neighbors mm-hmm. and how – how uh how how to become fast friends with uh yeah, yeah with with new neighbors so and i feel uh, like the week before that was a really good one too yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> i can't remember who we had on though oh and i just realized it's 169 yeah oh hell yeah you can't just have 169 yeah one <laughs> that's how it starts yeah. Oh man. Anyways. Well, speaking of that, he is a very willful boy. <laughs>